Welcome to Ellas, a bi-weekly podcast made by Latinas for Latinas. We talk with talented, inspiring, and empowering women that are living their dreams and making a path for the next generation. I'm Brenda Hernandez. And I am Brenda DeShazer. And this is Ellas. Welcome to our sixth episode. For this particular uh, episode, we have a little treat for you guys. Yeah. We're going to have our first ever chit chat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brenda and I were talking recently in this past week um, about stereotypes. Yes. And how it affects your life. How it affects from your childhood mm-hmm. into your adult life and also not only professionally but personally. Yeah, and um, we came across this amazing graphic and quote on Instagram, um, created by La L A dot Amarillista, <laughs> which is A M A R I E L E S T A, and it says, "Quien sobrevive a los estereotipos de la sociedad sin perder ni siquiera un gramo de su esencia puede con todo y con todos." Translated, it means those who survive the stereotypes of society without losing an ounce of their essence can deal with everything and anything. Wow. <sighs> yes. <laughs> so that really was the gates that opened a lot of memories for both of us. Yeah. I think when you sent that to me, it was it hit me so many different ways. I had to sit there and let it sink in and contemplate it. Mm-hmm. Um, some powerful stuff yeah and for you know this episode we're going to talk about a stereotype that is mainly um, towards latinas and how it has affected us and and brenda and i are going to talk about how we kind well in my case how i took that stereotype and turned it around and made it work for my favor Yeah, I think it's really imperative that we don't let these stereotypes get us down. Because a lot of the time when you hear the word stereotypes, it's always like a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think especially with our generation, we are learning to take hold of stereotypes and like own it, but also like embrace it, but also show how much high above and rise above it Mm -hmm. um, and turn it into like a good thing. So I think that with this post um, that that you sent me, it was... um, eye-opening of like it kind of just sunk in for me of saying like yeah this is like yeah so I am that stereotype but on top of that like I'm able to overcome it do everything and anything and rise above it and but still not lose my culture or ethnicity um with a so-called stereotype yeah so now that we're you know in this I, when I read that, a lot of things came to mind, but m- mainly a thing that has always been said to me is that I'm a very passionate person. Uh, I'm yes. a very passionate woman. Mm-hmm. And as you all know, that tends to be associated with us as Latino women. You're very passionate. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you're a spitfire. You know, you can't control your temper. And then you're like yeah. yelling. and You react. You act. Bef- or you act before you can react. Mm-hmm. Or um, we're vocal. Or 
like yeah we're just passionate mm -hmm. or that's what the word they like to use or like we're a spitfire or yeah exactly so when you're a person that's opinionated and you don't and you want to um let your opinions be known especially during you know while you're working and be very communicative being a woman that translates into being passionate yeah because i feel like a lot of the times the stereotype with quote-unquote being passionate is um the nicer way of like saying oh like latinas are crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> like, or she's a bitch <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like you don't want to deal with her she's gonna like pop off on you or mm -hmm. something like that so <laughs> and you know that has always been said to me in my face um since i was a teenager mm. I've always been like, you know, you're always, you're too passionate, you're too passionate. And on race, recently, about last year, while I was at a job, my supervisor told me, you're too passionate. Because mm. I, we would have these meetings and, you know, I would have ideas I wanted to implement in terms of how to create content and how to, um, you know, directed to our customers and how they can be identified with the content that I was creating and that mm -hmm. we were creating. And he came and said I was too passionate on that. What did you feel in that moment of like him saying you're too passionate? I felt attacked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, you didn't take what? it as a good thing at all. <laughs> no. Okay. And I didn't take it as a good thing because of how he said it. Okay, so like his tone or how he yes, delivered? or how like he delivered it. There's a way of saying, I, I guess passion, it's like, being passionate is a great thing, you know. Yeah. Later on, I... It doesn't sound bad at all. It like, doesn't sound at all. And, and I totally embrace that this um, characteristic of mine. I am a passionate person. I do things with passion. And that's how I answered to him that day. Mm -hmm. Well, I am a very passionate person. I do my work with passion because I love my work. Mm. I love what I do. And if you expect a mediocre job, then that's not going to be coming from me because I'm not a mediocre person. And he was stunned. He, like he was like he did not say anything. And it was also in terms to have like a more clear picture of this in the situation that I was in. I was uh, also a sup the supervisor of my team. And I had to work with other um, teams, other teams of the place where the company I was working in. And so I was dealing with a lot of opinions and opinions that really are suggestions that, you know, I was open to, but sometimes were not really helpful in terms of improvement of my team's work or their actions made me have more work because they caused mistakes. So, and it mostly came from a man, mm. <laughs> primarily. <laughs> and I would tell my supervisor, hey, you know, we, we need to accelerate our work and he's causing a lot of mistakes. You know, he needs to catch up and, you know, he's costing me, my team and I more work. And it's costing you money at the end of the day. And he thought it was because I was too passionate and, you know, he didn't really see my way of uh, thinking and like until. Which is weird because you would think that people respond, especially in a business, to mm -hmm. money. 
you I'd expect that too but <laughs> when unfortunately when you're dealing with a supervisor that is a man and thinks will take the opinion first of a man and then yours that's when it's really hard mm. mm-hmm. for them to see clearly I guess yeah because first of all you are a woman and first of all you're a latina woman and like uh, as if somehow we're biased towards like oh because he's a man i'm trying to like give him criticism type of thing or like bring him down type of thing like as if i'm only here for latinas and women (laughs) i guess he he i guess in the you know the thing was that he was also latino oh okay and but he was a man obviously and the culture of that company was that men are right i guess okay and uh you know i'm i was a woman i'm a woman so i'm obviously wrong and it was very a lot of cultural shock you know he wasn't used to working with a woman who did not um keep their opinions to themselves in Uh, terms of you know professional you know ways yeah so it was very i think for the both of us, I wasn't. I wasn't also accustomed to people not be accepting of me being collaborative, of me not being heard in my job. So that was also very frustrating in a way. Mm. And after that situation, after you know being told that, it obviously I'm not made of you know steel. It did hurt me. Yeah. Um, I left almost. I felt you know completely sad to my house that day and I decided well in order to show him that I'm essential in this job I also need to improve professionally and I decided to take a course and how to create a strategy to present my ideas in a very professional and clear way and after that course I had it sort of like backed me up on how to present in a professional manner mm. everything that I had, you know. And because now it's no longer like what he would think is as your opinion or just your voice or just like, well, yeah, I guess your opinion. Now it's like, no, I took a course on this. Yeah. <laughs> and like, this is what like proof and backup of that I'm right of yeah. how I'm delivering this information. <laughs> and the, the, um, you know, to go more in deeper, so this course was a um, social social media strategy in UCI. Okay. If you if you girls want to, you know, take on more learning, they offer really great courses. You know, mm-hmm. and when I was taking this course, and they were asking me, they were saying, "Oh, you know, social media um, implements a lot of, you know, not only the social media team but marketing team, which I was part of, uh, graphic design, you know." the buyers, everything. So I was like, okay, I need this information. I was like, you know, talking with him, like I, I need this information of like what we do in order for me to create our strategy, in order to implement the content that I'm creating and how to, you know, promote it on our, our social media team and on our web and our newsletters, you know. And he answered, he's like, but you don't work in social media. So I was presented with another roadblock why are you giving me this if you're not even part of that team? You know? Yeah. He And until it was many days, many weeks of having that response, that type of response. And 
to make you know things you know short, I finished that course. I presented my strategy. We did out of those ten ideas that I had, he only accepted one, and out of ten, yeah. So I'm oh, sorry, that just hit me like out of ten. <laughs> like, he accepted one. Okay. And we, we you know, we worked on it while I was there. We worked on it. We, we actually did use it and. There was a time where I then I decided that you know my time there was over that I learned the things that I needed to learn, but professionally was a challenge of trying to let my voice being heard. Yeah, I think it almost sounds like although you were in a leadership position, you he didn't want you to be a leader. He wanted you to just take orders and just do your job, but not like give any feedback to him or give any like concrete criticism yeah or suggestions <laughs> like it doesn't sound like a leadership position at all after all that yeah and i guess a lot of latinas when they have the opportunity to take on a leadership role as women i think we're very accustomed to, like not having our voice being heard mm -hmm. and where in a certain because i many points after me being told I was too passionate. I was afraid, am I sounding too bitchy right now? Oh my am God, Am I sounding no. too mean? I was <laughs> no. trying, every time before meetings, meetings, I would like try to like think what I was gonna say and like, does that sound mean? Does that sound nice? So that really, but if you were a man, you would not think that whatsoever. Yeah. I hate that. And my heart breaks when you say that. Cause like I literally, when I was in a leadership position as well as at my previous job, um, because a lot of people in my position are male are kind of a good mix actually let me be fair it's a good mix mm -hmm. however if a male is assertive or gives direction or gives criticism they are a leader however if a woman in the same position gives criticism or um, a suggestion or feedback or any type of thing that you should be doing your leadership role equal to the man, you are a bitch. You come off bitchy in that role. Yeah. And now that you're saying it in your role, like, oh, okay, so it's across the board yes. <laughs> in industries that if women are in leadership positions, we are overthinking like, okay, am I being direct, but not like bitch, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it really, it really, put it not lightly it fucks you up you know it, it makes you doubt yourself and yeah the only way i think to not let this con not 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 let the stereotype and, or this criticism control you is yes reframing it and trying to maybe work in if your favor oh yes i'm passionate well i'm going to continue driving that passion mm -hmm. and improving professionally yeah. i think yeah I think you handle it really well because <laughs> instead of like, well, yeah, instead of being passionate and being like, what do you mean I'm too passionate da, 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 and like going off or trying to make an argument or making a scene um, or yeah, or just rejecting the idea that you're passionate completely because it did come off a little bit offensive to you as well. You took it and you're like, well, let me learn more let me take a course let me try to better myself 
I know I am passionate. You claimed it. And then yeah. you're like, I'm not going to leave just, or I'm not going to leave this job. Like you were not dramatic whatsoever since, if that makes sense. No, I think I took it really well. And yeah. that's the thing. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm an Aries. So I'm really, when it comes to things, I'm really explosive. But when it's in my job, I'm really professional. I am very controlled. Mm. So you can fend me but I will show you oh, yeah. results and yeah. make you shut up <laughs> in a very professional and educated way. As your friend of almost, wow, like I don't even know how many years we've been friends. <laughs> it's just too many. But Brenda is like this, like she will take criticism from her close people, but like people that aren't close to her at all, she will tell you straight off. Like she's like the truth teller of like, our friend group and like now of my friend group too. Like she will tell you and put you in your place. But now I feel like you've developed into a role of like, you'll sit back and let things explode. <laughs> and like, that's how you'll prove somebody else wrong. Like, okay, you want to do it your way? Okay. <laughs> we'll do it your way. We'll see how this happens or how this rolls out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely see. Yeah. But definitely, I think that terms of like, oh, being too passionate, that I did, didn't let myself be changed. Mm -hmm. I really kept my essence of who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And that taught me that I wanted more. I wanted more out of a job, out of a work environment. And I took that decision. I was like, so, you know, you, you, you can be in that situation of being criticized professionally. And mm -hmm. that's, in a way, an opportunity for yourself to learn. Maybe that's not what you want right now. Maybe you need something more. And out of every bad thing, I think something great happens. Yeah, definitely. I think that is the essence of the um, quote mm -hmm. that we started off with this with. Because I think that... Uh, you embraced that stereotype, you rose above it, you could do everything and anything, and then through that experience, you knew your worth. You knew that, like, this is not the job for me, because yeah. <laughs> I am passionate, and I do want my voice heard, and I know that it will be heard, and it is more recognized, and it'll be for better for our company, or... Exactly. Yeah. And whoever is dealing with that, choose a company that embraces that passion. Yes, That's what I have to say, and or be with, surround yourself with people and situations that embrace that passion. Because again, if you're doing things in a mediocre way, then what's the point of doing the things that you're doing right now? So, yeah, yeah, I think I'm glad that you talked about like the work setting because not a lot of people, or there's a lot of people, whatever race and gender, that get criticism, and in a workplace you can't really like react how you would want to react. Yes. You have to stay so calm and just take it. Take it. <laughs> yeah. And I think for Latinas, like it is really um, important to know the tools of how to reframe um, a stereotype when it is presented to you in a workplace. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I think um, in the personal life, I uh, wish I knew how to reframe it. Um, so for anybody of you that are younger, <laughs> you are not alone in this. Um, so when I was a senior in high school, we had, <laughs> we had a Bible teacher 
<laughs> and we had like a potluck or something. And uh, I was sitting by myself because I didn't really have friends in that class. And I just, I wanted to be myself, honestly. I just wanted mm-hmm. to do my homework because he gave us like free time or whatever. And uh, he saw me sitting alone. I think he meant it in good nature to come sit next to me and talk to me. So his uh, initial thing to start a conversation was to say like, oh, so Brenda, what are you bringing to the Christmas potluck? Are you going to make some tamales and uh, bring it? (sighs) First of all, (laughs) why would you assume that I'm bringing tamales to a potluck? Would you say that to anyone else? Would you say that to like my other counterparts mm-hmm. who are not Mexican. And it was just really offensive. And for me, when I was, well, if you guys knew me in high school, I was really quiet. So I just kind of took it and I just stared at him like, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, so what do you bring? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like slowly and like hating him through my eyes, mm-hmm. but like behind my smile, like, uh. Um, and it kind of, is like a, not deep seated, but it definitely stuck with me for so long, obviously, because I can still remember it from this day (laughs) and hold on to it. Um, But it was really offensive because it kind of, I already had a confusing um, experience with my culture, like growing up in Orange County, because it was like Orange County didn't really. um, It's not a very diverse county. Not a very diverse county, yeah. And um, when there is non-diverse people in that county, it's... um, very well known. <laughs> um, there's those stereotypes kind of are spoken louder a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was trying to kind of, I kind of struggled with like, oh, like I never want to make the malas now, or like, um, why do we have to make the malas for like Christmas? Or, but first of all, let me say something. Bible teacher, you are wrong and you are ignorant oh because Mexicans do not cook the malas for Christmas. We eat turkey. We eat pig's back. We eat apple salad. We also eat, um, let's see, oh, uh, pig leg. And a lot of delicious, fancy plates for Christmas. So you are an ignorant person. (laughs) So Brenda does know who this Bible teacher is. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we've definitely had long conversations about his... um, comments towards Mexicans yes. in a Bible class setting. Very hypocritical. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, and it was kind of crazy for me because, like, I started reflecting on, like, that when I got older. Um, I also did, like, a little seminar of, like, gender differences and uh, cultural differences and how women, we kind of all got talked together about how, like, the women roles are, like, of cooking and cleaning and taking care of um, the house and the kids and our spouses and everything and um how it's hard to get out of that uh, mentality because we see it from our mothers like I saw it from my mother I saw mm-hmm. it from my sister and like now like I do it too but like I um I kind of embrace that role um uh, someone I think a few years back sent me this article on um how Latina women who are uh nannies or housekeepers um how strong and how wonderful they are and how we should see them as these great women because not only do they take care of other families and other women's families and they take care of a whole house and are able to let those other women like do their jobs 
and not have to worry about anything else. They also go back home and they um, take care of their own families, their own spouses, their own house. Mm -hmm. And then how smart it is to take a role that is very stereotypical as a housekeeper or like as a woman of the house um, to make a job out of it, to make profit out of it. Mm -hmm. Not only are we like the strong individuals that are like doing the heavy work and taking money for it, um, but we're also doing that in our same like own setting yes. and how um yeah, no, seriously I think it's very important that you mention that because not only are you in a way helping the woman of the household where you're working in grow professionally and mm-hmm. help her accomplish her goals and make her happy mm-hmm. but you're also help you know taking care of all the household things that needs to be taken care of, right? The child mm-hmm. taking care of their children, cleaning the house, and having that, I think, care for your, for a stranger's child. Mm-hmm. Because obviously you're also doing it for the money, but you, that's like having to create that connection. It's such an intimate like, position to mm-hmm. have. And then uh, I think it is the essence of like what we do now, like do something that you are good at and like be able to make that career. Like people do it all the time of like artists or like painting or like um, writing Mm. or like, I don't know, selling something that they're like really good at selling and like they make money off of it. Like why wouldn't the women be also liberated and also like celebrated for like wow you're really smart for (laughs) like doing this other thing that you can make money off of that we kind of do every day anyways like you could be a ceo or like a writer or whatever but you still have like you don't want your house to look dirty so you are cleaning you do have to cook for yourself so you are cooking Mm -hmm. you if you're a woman and you decide to have like children you do have to take care of your like children as well so it's like taking those talents and skills and making like a profit off of it because you know that you're damn good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and not everyone is, you know, I I don't know. I can't handle children. Not everyone can handle children, you know, and having that gift of, mm-hmm. you know, having that connection with the child and taking care of them and then doing that same thing, going back home, cleaning, you know, and doing the you know, same tasks that, you know, are paid to do mm-hmm. and having, I think that's a lot of, pride to have in that job you know and a lot of people aren't seeing it that way but i think it's great that you mentioned that article because until recently there was a movie roma mm, yeah <laughs> where it, it's centered on a domestic worker on cleo played by uh jalitza paricio and you know that that movie really sparked a conversation of like you know they're also workers they need they also need to have the, you know their rights their benefits health care um a good pay you know they're doing the same or more amount hours why can't they have you know the same benefits that you as an employee that are working in the office have yeah and it's great that you also mentioned that you <laughs> also <laughs> no yeah no but like you mentioned that having that trouble of taking on the roles that your mom and your sister took, but now you're embracing them of like having to serve, you know, the men in your family. That's Mm -hmm. very rooted in our culture. Yeah. Um, There's definitely been like a couple instances where it's like, make your man a dish. And I'm like, 
No, he's got his own. He has yeah. his own hands. Like he can make his own blade. Like yeah. I don't know why you mean I have to do it. But um, at the same time, I do like it's. I don't know. It's like it's the love because it is. You know he's gonna do that to you for you. Exactly. Yeah, and I picked he, a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is like also how I show my love. Like, and I don't know if it's like because it's ingrained in me or it's just what, how I do show my love, but mm-hmm. it is like, I'm going to come home and, or like I'll get up in the morning. And also since I'm already making my breakfast, I'm going to make breakfast for my husband. Um, and then he does the same regard for me. Like I knew that I picked a good partner cause he takes care of me the same way. I will take care of him. I'll mm-hmm. come home and dinner's ready made or, um, like my feet are going to get rubbed cause I've been on my feet all day. Yeah. Like, um, But yeah, I think like embracing the whole, um, like being a housekeeper just because it is how I show love and like, it's not, um, but I'm also not just like a housekeeper. I'm not just like a a housewife. I'm also like still doing my job. I'm also still doing other extracurricular things like this podcast and like, um, still following my passions. Like I'm so much greater than that. Like, yes, I might be this stereotype, but like so what i'm also doing xyz this shouldn't just be like the highlight of who i am yeah Yeah. and i think going back to the tamale thing it's um it was i kind of looked at like the whole um like stereotypical like foods and like bringing them to this and like that comment it was like i started to hate it but then i started thinking of the process of like how it brings family together i know that i have like one memory of like family coming in and they were like one person doing the masa and one person doing the meat and like putting in the pot and like how beautiful it is that we do have a family connection that other people don't have and something like a tradition that other people don't have and that we can do this thing together as well and how beautiful it is because it is a part of my culture and like at that time, I wish I knew how to reframe that stereotype and think of it as a beautiful thing rather than like, a, like screw you guy. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm going to make bring some tamales. Like, no, I'm going to bring it for your wife. <laughs> for but you. also, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, I really do wish I um, did know how to reframe that and that re- reframe of mine because it took me years to realize how beautiful mm-hmm. it is because um, it is a part of my culture and accepting it as a part of my culture. Um accepting it as foods that like now more nations and more like people of America really love and are yeah. making trendy and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and how like prideful I am of certain dishes and things in my culture. So for any of you that are out there that are struggling with stereotypes when you're younger or now when, when you're older, um, you are not alone when people make those comments. Um, we both have been through these comments. We have both lived through it. Um, and our biggest advice to you is to reframe it. The things that we do have of our stereotypes, they might be true, but I would say embrace it in the most positive sense ever. Um, we are passionate. We are great, uh, people that know how to cook damn well (laughs) and that people love our passion. People love our food. People love our culture as much as, um, it doesn't feel like we are accepted in um, America, especially right now. Uh, but just know how loved we are, how loved you are, yes. no matter your stereotype. Like, yeah, so what if you're that stereotype? So matter, no, it doesn't matter who says it either. Like that person probably doesn't even matter, exactly. you know? Um, but you are loved. <laughs> you are loved and there's a reason why our culture is so beautiful and why it's so attractive towards other people oh i did not belong in that culture and yeah. just know that you are lucky and that 
So lucky. You're so lucky and to love it and embrace it and yes, reframe it. And we would love to learn about, you know, situations that you were in. And it's okay if you didn't, you know, respond as quickly or as professionally or, you know, it's okay. It's okay not to respond in that right second, you know. Take take that. You can learn from that or Try to change it in the future, you know, say, oh, next time someone tells me this, I'm going to respond this way, you know. Yes. And show them that, no, they're not right. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess our chit-chat is that. Uh, please comment, uh, email us, you know, we would love to hear your stories of how you reframed a stereotype and worked in your favor. And you can follow us at... A-S, the podcast. That's E-L-L-A-S, the podcast. And you can email us if you want to uh, be a guest in our show. You can email us, us at A-S, the podcast at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And then join us again in two weeks. In two weeks. For another episode of A-S. I'm Brenda Hernandez. And I am Brenda DeShazer. And this is A-S. Ellas is co-hosted by Brenda DeShazer and me, Brenda Hernandez. Thanks to our editor and producer, D.F. DeShazer II. And thank you to Shro, who created our theme song. This is a yes. Cool. Cool. Yes.